welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, joined by fresh faces today, a whole new never-before-seen panel. We've got Jason Howerton, social media guru here at Blaze TV. We've got Justin Haskins, who is the executive editor of the Heartland Institute. Uh, thanks for being here, Justin. And we have got Aaron Colon, a writer at TheBlaze.com. Thank you, gentlemen, for Thank joining you. me today. Thanks. I can just feel the testosterone <laughs> in the room. Uh, all right, Jason, what's the top story for you? Um, I want to talk about Venezuela, socialism, and gun control, um, and the fact that MSNBC loves uh, the Second Amendment. All right. Uh, wait, I'm sorry. You said MSNBC. MSNBC loves the Second Amendment. Huh. All right, Justin. Uh, I want to talk about socialism in Venezuela, which is now collapsing. Um, it has been collapsing for a while, but... Uh, we're on the verge of something big happening in Venezuela. Yeah. Talk about that. All right, Aaron. And I want to talk about uh, Kirsten Gillibrand trying to use taxpayer money to funnel cash to campaigns to save her own campaign, which is not doing so well. Oh, my gosh. Wow. What a giant mess we're in. A uh, lot to get into, but first... I want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. So um, <laughs> I love working here at The Blaze because I hear stories like Glenn actually um, was approached by American Financing a long time ago before uh, the crash. And he said, no, I don't believe in doing uh, business with institutions like yours. And this whole big thing is going to spiral out of control. And I'm going to distance myself from all of you and uh, come back to me after all of, all of that happens. And American Financing said, all right, we respect that. Uh, and they actually did end up coming back to him and they said, actually, we're fine. We were not giving out loans that we shouldn't be giving out and uh, we do business the right way. So we're still here and we're still doing great. And uh, it was at that point that uh, Glenn finally said, okay, now I trust you. Uh, we don't do business with people that we don't trust. And the folks at American Financing, um, they're, they're good people. They're in it to help you. They're not uh, commission-based, which is huge in that industry. They're not looking for you know, the, the kickbacks from the banking companies. They are there. They are salary-based. They're just there to help you. Um, you can go to AmericanFinancing.net, or you can call 800-906-2440 if you are uh, looking to buy, sell, you need a loan. AmericanFinancing.net. All right, Jason, MSNBC. You said is they're they're all about the, the guns. Is that what you said? They're all about the guns. So they've had a had a um, a change of heart mm -hmm. uh, after watching what's happened in Venezuela. So if if you're not aware of Venezuela's gun policy, they actually banned guns outright uh, in 2012. Right. Well, that's I mean that's common sense gun reform. Common sense gun reform to ban <laughs> private ownership uh, completely, and then fast forward seven years, and their um, the government is is uh, open firing on citizens in the street who have no access to firearms whatsoever. So MSNBC watched all this play out, and um, they, I think it was an accident, accidentally stumbled up upon the idea that when the government has all the guns and the people have no guns, they have no power uh, against the government. The government has all the power. Um, and, and, and I'm sure once that light bulb clicked, I'm sure a lot of producers were like, oh, crap. Someone just lost a job. <laughs> yeah, some, somebody's in trouble. So uh, do we have that clip yeah, to, we do. to check out? Yeah, we do. Let's watch it. With the help of Russia and other outside forces, Maduro is hanging on. And not only hanging on, but he appears to still control the military. You have to understand in Venezuela, gun ownership is not something that is open to everybody. So if the military have the guns, they have the power. And as long as Nicolas Maduro controls the military, he controls the country. Hmm. Wow. So it's like, 
it's like this idea that if a bad guy gets into office and the population has been disarmed, uh, it, it could end up very badly. I mean, it's not like it's happened in history before. No. Uh, Hitler, Mao. No. Uh, no USSR. Like, no, it's never happened You're before. Being paranoid. I am being paranoid. <laughs> it could never happen here. That's the thing happen. that you don't. Yeah. Yes. It could never happen in America. Yeah, I got a lot of flack for that uh, on Twitter from from the left. Um, You're saying, how are you going to fight the American government? This and that. I'm like, they're so like missing the 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 bigger mm-hmm. point of this. It's not to engage in an all-out war. One, it's deterrence that an armed population is is you know you're not going to you're not going to open fire like that in Venezuela against people who are carrying firearms, right? Like it's just it it's it's a tragedy waiting to happen, right? It's loss of life. Um, so just having an armed population who 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 values gun rights it's it's a huge step up against tyranny right mm-hmm. and that's what it's about it's not about um you know engaging in a tit-for-tat war with the u.s government obviously i don't want that i don't think we will ever need that god forbid but i certainly am not going to be a disarmed um a victim who can't protect my family even just in the if, if the economy collapses and, and society kind of breaks down a little bit uh, i don't want to be a victim um, and, and people like that just think that nothing bad can ever happen in this country because it's America, and it's just not true. Like we're not we're not exempt from the ways of the world. Um, people before us went through greater things, Great Depression, and all these uh, other things. Uh, we're not special, and so to to be um, to be armed is, is to not be a victim, and that's what I'm about. And so I'm glad MSNBC kind of came around to that, and they <laughs> by accident. Oops. By accident, yeah. I'm sure they'll stay consistent on that throughout. Oh, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, okay, right-wing redneck (laughs) with your gun talk. I got a lot of that. Yeah, I'm sure sure that you did. I'm sure that you did. The the thing that um, really amazes me, kind of blows my mind about their whole argument, is that they sit there and they say, Donald Trump is, uh, you know, a Nazi and a fascist and a sociopath and a big meanie head. And also we want to give him all of our guns. But even worse than that, you see this with the with police. They're always telling us the police are the most racist people on the face of the planet, that we can't trust any of them. And then they want to take away guns from everybody else. Right. So you want the the people who you think are all a bunch of horrible, tyrannical racists to be the only people with guns? It doesn't yeah. make you any know what sense. The new, at the all. new talking point should be is that we want the policy that is anti Hitler. I'm for the gun policy That's that is the opposite point. of Hitler. Great. So that would be great message. Hitler loved gun confiscation. Mm-hmm. I'm anti-Hitler. I am for uh, for gun. Yeah, they're they're ownership. they're talking about uh, you know banning guns in the same sentence. They say uh, also Donald Trump is Hitler. Mm-hmm. Aaron, and you know what people don't say when they people attack you for being paranoid about uh, keeping your guns. They don't see that this happens piece by piece. It happens in small increments. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen where they just take all the guns in one day. It starts with well, it's AR-15s. Well, then it's something else. And then before you know it, nobody has anything, and so it just happens gradually and nobody pays attention to it until it's too late. Well, Venezuela, I saw a report. I haven't read it thoroughly, so I'm not going to be too specific. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're, you know, they're talking to, to Venezuelans who, who severely regret giving up their right to own a gun. Because in the moment, it's like when Venezuela was wealthy and things were going well, it's like, well, we don't, we don't really need the guns, right? Everyone's and happy. Everybody's happy. Wrong? And then under the weight of socialism, it collapses. And then all of a sudden, it's a completely different world. And to not have a gun in that world is a, is a really scary thing. One of, one of the things that amazes me about that is 
it wasn't that long ago that we were rounding up Japanese American citizens and German American citizens and throwing them into concentration camps and taking away all of their property. And then I'm supposed to believe that it's impossible that we could live in this society where maybe the government becomes too powerful and they start killing people. And I mean, what, really, that wasn't that far away from that. And if somebody came to my house and said, we're going to take your family away because, you know, they happen to be uh, Japanese American or something... I mean, shouldn't people have the ability to defend themselves against that? Should everyone just voluntarily march into a concentration camp? I mean, that's, I guess, what they're expecting us to do. Well, I think they're expecting you to say, there's nothing you can do about it, so you might as well not have a gun at I all, guess right? So. Like that's, and to me, I'm like, that's not my, that's just not my attitude. It's like on one hand, they play on the prosperity where it's like, everything's okay, you don't really need these guns, it's not that dangerous, but then when a, uh, you know, a mass tragedy happens, that's when they also play on your fear mm -hmm. and say, this is why you need to give it up. So they're kind of getting you on both sides, playing on the comfort and playing on the fear and the danger that exists out there. Yeah, you, you bring up a good point also, Justin, in that, you know, I know there are a lot of younger Americans out here who don't really like, I don't know, reading or looking at a history book. So they might say, oh, okay, like the, all that bad stuff happened a long time ago. Yeah. We don't have a need for, you know, protecting ourselves from a tyrannical government because that was like the 1800s or something. Um, but then it's like, well, turn on the television. Yeah. Let's talk about what's happening in Venezuela right now, currently. You think that that couldn't happen to us? I mean, it's yeah. it, not even talking about things that happened so long ago. We're talking about today, right now, right. in Venezuela, and they were where we were at. One where we're at now, they were at 10 years one ago. One of the consequences of living in the greatest country in the entire history of the universe is that you do get into this mode of what will never go away. Yes. But just a brief look at history all countries rise and all countries fall, period. Like we are not the forever world power, whether that's 300 years from now, 100, 1,000, like eventually America will not be what it, uh, the way we know it today. And once that day comes, so I'm not fighting for my right to fight the government with my guns, right? I don't want to do that. I don't anticipate having to do that. I'm thinking, but I will if I have to. But I will if I have okay. to. And then five, I'm, I'm thinking of my son's son, my, maybe my son's grandson's, who maybe might be in a situation that's not as awesome as the one that we're currently living in in America. Yeah. So you got to think big picture, not little tiny. Right. Vision. Yeah. Uh, Justin, I, I do want to get into what is happening in Venezuela right now. And, you know, how how did how did they get to this point? Oh, I, I mean, if you go back 20 years, uh, Venezuela is one of the most successful countries in in the world. Um, per capita. I mean, one of the most successful, wealthiest countries in the world, the wealthiest country in South America at one point in time. And now, because of their socialist policies, uh, they are descending into chaos. I mean, they've already descended into chaos at this Can point. Can you tell me, because the, the Socialist Party of America, they like to, yeah. to, to troll me uh, on, you know, when I'm on Twitter, and they always say it's not real socialism. Can right. you can you kind of break that down? To sure. Me? Yeah, it, it definitely is real socialism. <laughs> uh, the way things worked out, it, it's really simple. Venezuela, for a very long time, was building up all sorts of social programs in the country. Uh, the people were becoming very dependent on the government, and they were able to pay for it because they have massive oil reserves, like Saudi Arabia-style oil reserves. So they were paying for it with all of these uh, oil revenues. So um, that was all the way uh, up until Nicholas. Maduro took over. Once Nicolas Maduro took over, the oil prices collapsed. And when they collapsed, they had to make a choice. Do we cut back 
on all of our government programs because now we can't pay for it anymore. Oil revenue is running out. Or do we just double down on it and continue going forward and print the money? Mm -hmm. That's what they did. And when they started printing money, uh, they realized, well, we need to control the economy in other ways, too. We've got to be able to manage it. And so they put into place all of these socialistic policies. They started uh, building um, massive amounts of infrastructure and buildings and things, basically buying off people for votes, even though they had no way to pay for it. And this is kind of what we're doing here in the United States. I mean, last I checked, we have $22 trillion of debt and we have absolutely no plans on narrowing that gap. We're going to have a trillion dollar deficit probably this upcoming year. Who's talking about fixing that? No one. And the opposite is happening. The Democrats are saying, hey, let's spend more money. Let's have single payer health care. Let's have the Green New Deal. Let's do all of these policies that are going to drive us even deeper into debt. And how are we going to pay for it? Just print money. Mm. It just goes to the blindness that, again, we talked about, that prosperity can bring to people like us in America where we don't see ourselves in Venezuela. We don't see that the things that happen there can happen here. We think, you know, for whatever reason, that we're immune to that, even though when you really dig into it, humans are humans, governments are governments. The same things can happen over time if you let them. Yeah, and, uh, you know, to, to kind of build on that, I think that we also think we're, we do think we're immune to it. We also think that we have it hard because we we can't we don't see it from their perspective right like we don't we don't uh we don't travel to venezuela uh for vacations right so we're not actually seeing it firsthand and so we live in this bubble where we think that you know the feminists think that you know they don't get free tampons and they have to pay more for their razors their lady razors and we are somehow the the model of oppression and it's just like they just have no idea because we are so great. This country is so great. We have no baseline for what it really is to actually suffer and, and be oppressed. And I do think that that is a, a big part of it also. And that's why it's important to think about how this is covered in the media. And if it's covered in a way to where we look at them and like, that's just uh, that's other people. That's another thing mm-hmm. versus covering in a way to where you say these are people that are going through something that we have to be aware of. The media coverage shapes how people will think about it mm-hmm. and will shape how people react to it, how people vote, how people view policies. And unfortunately, I think they take advantage of that far too often. Yeah. Back in a minute. Before we get back into the conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. So it turns out that the guy that's smiling at you like this on the giant billboard is not actually the person who probably knows the most uh, about your area when you're looking for a new home. And I'm not sure if you guys uh, are aware of this, but when you buy a house, that's probably going to be like the biggest investment you ever make in your life. No pressure. Um, So you want to make sure that you are getting the right real estate agent. Um, So don't go with the billboard guy. Instead, uh, Glenn has a team and their team, his team actually vets all of these real estate agents all across the country. Um, I think they've got like over 1,200 agents. So they have one where you're located and they vet them to make sure they do this full time. Um, they, They are the experts in the area. They are going to be the ones who are going to get you the best deal. Um, So especially if you are looking to travel across the country, 
you have no idea, like, what's the suburb for me? Where are the good family areas located? You have no idea because you don't have the experience, right? So let Real Estate Agents I Trust help you. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com if you are in the market to buy or sell your house, and uh, they will help you. All right, Aaron. Gillibrand. Oh, yes. man, she is just doing everything she can to stay relevant. She's struggling. Is she, is she the one who did the beer pong? She was. She was trying to fundraise playing beer pong. So, wait, so hold on. I know, you, I, know you've got a, I know you've got a story here about her, but she was also the one who was weightlifting too, right? That's right. <laughs> oh, my She's gosh. lit, as the kids say. <laughs> she is lit. <laughs> yes. Oh, and, well, and, of course, we also know she is speaking at restaurants where people are just trying to get them some ranch. <laughs> That's true. Just trying to get them some ranch. I think ranch. she also kicked off her campaign at Trump Tower. That's not an attention-seeking <laughs> Did she really? I believe so. Oh, gosh, Gillibrand. All right, what's she doing now? Well, right now she is trying to propose a policy that would give, that would make voters eligible for up to $600 per election cycle uh, as a voucher to donate to a campaign of their choice in the House, the Senate, and the presidential elections. What is she calling it? Democracy dollars. <laughs> she is going to give out That's democracy great. dollars. Could say, uh, if if possible, somebody in the control room can pull up my tweet about shoot bucks and, and this um, great, yeah. and this amazing uh, democracy dollar uh, stunt. It, it, I can't. I just uh, can't. yeah. I'm not sure. You pull it up. And pull so, it up and read it to us. Okay. And so, so, and so her idea is to take big money out of politics. She's going to. Candidates would only be eligible to receive this money if they say we're not going to take any donations above $200, as opposed to the normal max of $2,800. So candidates would have to say, in order to access this money, I'm only going to take these relatively small donations. And so that's her, you know, her big idea to keep big money out of politics. And what I thought was funny about it was that you know, President Trump's um, fundraising numbers recently came out, and it turns out that about 99% of his donations were $200 or less. So it seems like, wow. you know, he's already kind of working without the democracy dollars. I think he's doing okay. <laughs> so I'm not sure if I she's, can't even take it seriously. I'm not sure if she's solving a real problem great. here or not, but it's at the taxpayer's expense. And you talked about the deficit and spending all this extra money, and yeah. she's just trying to spend more of our money. What's interesting about this is that they're calling it democracy dollars, but the top 25% of income earners pay 85% of the tax revenue. So basically you're just forcing rich people mm -hmm. to give money to, to base to Democrats. <laughs> that's pretty much well, the that plan. They very clearly are not voting. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, that's really astounding. And then they're calling it democracy as if there's some sort of choice. Right. There's no choice. Right. You're, you're giving that money to somebody else who has a choice to how to spend your money. I right. mean, that's insane. Did you find it, Jason? I did, yeah. So if you don't know this amazing Office episode uh, where D Dwight comes up with this idea to give out uh, shrimp bucks, to everybody in the office. And um, uh, it, it pretty much mirrors this perfectly. So I put those two side by side. Uh, the quote from the show is, what's the exchange rate of Stanley Nichols to Shrewd Bucks? Same as the ratio of unicorns to leprechauns, which is basically the same exact idea uh, for, from Democrats that they just pull, they think we just have unlimited money that just appears at it, which we, I guess, technically well, we do. Print it. That's what they print, print it. More, we print more money and then it never, nothing ever happens. No, yeah. no, there's never any consequences uh, to that. I, I wish I could, I had that same kind of ability in my own household. <laughs> yeah. from, from a priorities aspect, you think, you know, if you're, a can if you're a candidate, is this your main policy? Is this what you want to prioritize? Is what we're going to spend billions of dollars on? I think if, you know, if a quarter of eligible voters use their $600, it would end up costing something like $35 billion Isn't this more of an indictment cycle. on the media, though? Like, they, all you have, all they're trying to do 
is to get a headline, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're not focused on the issues. Like we're not actually having, like what I feel like they should have to do every candidate is go on something like the Joe Rogan podcast mm -hmm. and like have a three hour conversation on policy. Like not, don't give me your shoot box. Don't give me these talking points. <laughs> your $5 like, trillion dollar climate change. Exactly, I don't want your $93 trillion Green New Deal right. nonsense. Like let's talk about policy and how you're gonna make America better. Uh, but instead, this is what we do, uh, just these one-off, things that just to get a quick headline to try to rise up in the polls. And I think that's more of an indictment on the media than anything else. Well, and I will say, uh, credit where credit is due, Andrew Yang has True. done that, right? Absolutely. He, he went on uh, with Ben Shapiro. And I will say, you know, Bernie hasn't gone on a podcast like that, but he did do a town hall with Fox News. And he is, you know, like it or not, he is an ideologue. He does have specific policies. I mean, they're crazy. This is a uh, but perfect time to call out Eric Swalwell, who um, he slid into my DMs. And did he? Uh -oh. He did. Oh. Late at night, too, by the way. Hey. <laughs> he slid into my DMs to uh, to basically mock me. He said, thanks for following me and, and, and responding to all my tweets. God bless, like in a very dismissive way. One, I don't follow him, so that was kind of a, a, a missed opportunity. Oh, so but I responded to him, and I said, okay, you know what? If you want to have a, a substantive uh, gun debate uh, on Blaze TV, I'm sure they wouldn't mind mm -hmm. to give us some airtime. Mm -hmm. I cleared it with my boss and said, if he says yes, are we good? Absolutely. Absolutely. No response. No, <laughs> because it's not what he's interested in. He's interested in the quick, let me try to make Huffington Post for five minutes about, you know, dunking on a conservative uh, guy. He's got to right? work hard to remind people he's running for president. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, and it's also, I don't know if you guys know this, but he is a country music listener. Okay, oh. Country music <laughs> listener, come to Texas so, and debate me on guns if you're really, uh, you know, so proud of your stance of, of gun confiscation that you call a gun buyback program. But he won't. He won't. He won't do it. He'll tweet. He'll do whatever he does to, to, to try to get some attention, but he won't actually dig into the issue because it's a losing issue for I him. I think one of the most important things about this is just, it points out just how easy it is to be a Democrat. Mm. Like, it's so easy to be, all you have to do is come up with a plan. It doesn't even have to make sense. Mm -hmm. And not and even like a, a specific plan. Yeah. Just a general, just a general a plan. name. Right, a a come title. up with a slogan, a cute title, maybe a, a, a bill name with an acronym in it or something, and then you just... You have no way to pay for it. It doesn't even necessarily make sense. Sometimes it's not even internally consistent. And you just throw it out there. And if it backfires, then they'll, it, conservative pounce. And, and you get cover for, right. for wanting to uh, regulate cow farts or whatever you're, yeah. you're trying to do. Uh, you don't even have to really answer for your bad ideas. Never. You're taking, in fact, you're, you're rewarded for it, as you said, with media headlines, with Huffington Post backing you, with New York Times saying, oh, well, uh, you know, uh, fact check, Donald Trump didn't get the, the, the message quite right. And now all of a sudden it's, well, maybe there's some half truth to yeah. it. It's, it's, it's just totally insane. We haven't even gotten started yet. We're not even at the debates yet. Oh, <laughs> okay. Now I'm depressed. I'm back in a minute. That is actually, I, well, I don't know if it's depressing or exciting. It just so happens that uh, all of us lovely people sitting around this table are going to also be a part of a really big event tonight. It is called Socialism, A Warning from the Dead, and it is at 8 Eastern, 7 Central. It'll be on Blaze TV Live. It's going to be on YouTube Live. It's going to be for free. Make sure to watch it. Here's a sneak peek. Socialism is on the rise. Despite being responsible for the deaths of over a hundred million people. Such 
full collapse of the Soviet Union, the crumbling nations of North Korea, Cuba, Venezuela, the totalitarian police state of China. Socialists are coming out of the shadows. They're claiming virtue, moral superiority. It's already infiltrated our government. It's dismantled our values. Brick. My devastating brick. I talk to people all the time. They'll say, oh, we don't have anything to worry about. It can't happen here. The Constitution will save us. We found a document that was smuggled into the United States through the Iron Curtain in 1960. My researchers found it again. It's the blueprint of how to legally and within the framework of our own system take over a country and flip it. They tell me what's wrong. We see it for what it is. The secrets. A roadmap to socialism. A warning from the dead. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. Financial expert Charles Blahaus was uh, speaking on the House floor about um, Medicare for All. And he had some very interesting things to say, specifically that doubling income taxes, let's double all of our income taxes, not even that would pay for Medicare for all costs. Watch. Now, obviously, such enormous numbers are very difficult to grasp. We're talking about 11 to 13 percent of our GDP in 2022, rising to 13 to 15 percent of GDP in 2031, being added to the federal ledger. And we simply do not have historical experience with permanent government expansions of this size. So to provide a sense of the magnitude, uh, the study notes that doubling all currently projected federal individual and corporate income taxes would be insufficient to finance even the lower bound estimate of $32.6 trillion. I mean, that's fine because AOC says we should just raise it to what, 70%, 90% taxes, and then maybe that'll pay for like three quarters. Uh, you're totally, you're taking her out of context and you're not giving her her, her due credit. Am I? Yeah, you. Really? Yeah. I mean, I love to give her credit where she credit explained is due. Sorry, very do you have an clearly, <laughs> very clearly she explained, you just pay for it. We find a way to pay for it. That's true. So you just pay you for will it. it. You yeah. just will it you to will happen. It, yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was interesting, the, the, that tax proposal that she had. It was raise the top marginal rate on people making 10 million or more uh, to 70%, which is astounding and immoral. Uh, but the Tax Foundation did an analysis of it, and they said that at best, it would raise $300 billion in the first 10 years. $300 billion, with a B, dollars mm. for a $32 trillion program over the same period. So if you do the math, that's, <laughs> that's less there. than 1%. percent i am not like the best at math. But I feel like that's not even less close. than one percent of the cost. So they have no way to pay for it. Again, it's you print the money. That is the solution to everything. And that's the general public perception of these huge numbers that we see is that it's not real. Mm -hmm. And so people hear this stuff and they just kind of tune it out because it's like, well, deficits. I mean, whatever. It's just print the money. And so people don't grasp how untenable these plans are. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a great point because we've been hearing about this for a long time, but we're already at, you know, how many trillion dollars? And two trillion. Right, and, and my life isn't affected by that right now, so it's just fine, 
right? Like, th these are just imaginary numbers. We're just playing with Monopoly money. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, the, and, and, of course, we, we don't get any realistic uh, media outrage that, that we would get. I mean, imagine if Trump wanted to do anything that was that expensive, right? Something that was Tr Trumpian. Who, who, okay, build a statue that was $93 trillion. And he says, here's how I'm going to pay for it. And it barely covered $300 billion. Do you think the, the headlines would be what they are for, for stuff like AOC's yeah. Green New Deal? No. It'd be, they'd laugh him out of the White yeah, House. You have Democrats complaining about his, what, $20 billion original proposal for a wall and saying, right. well, well, we shouldn't spend yeah, we $20 spend, billion no. on a wall, but then they want to spend $93 trillion on the Green New Deal and all of the socialist programs? Well, a wall is racist and immoral, That's and true. all of these socialist programs are very warm and fuzzy and make people feel good inside. I mean, <laughs> Medicare for all, they want to save people, Justin, yeah. because I don't know if you know this, but our current system, um, especially before Obamacare, we have people just dying in the streets. Yeah. They just walk out into the streets and they die. They don't get medical care <laughs> yeah. because those doctors, man, they are they are cruel. They yeah. will not treat you. You don't get care. You just go die. Yeah, the amazing thing is, is that for a very long time, it's been the law throughout the United States that if you have an emergency, they have to treat you. Mm -hmm. And they, they can't turn people away who are in a medical emergency. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't problems. There are lots of problems with the healthcare system, tons of them. Mm -hmm. But putting the same people in charge who can't figure out a way to run the Postal Service without losing $3.9 billion every year, or Amtrak without losing almost $200 million every year, um, and the VA healthcare system. If you, if you, I mean, if you can't deliver mail and run the trains, why would I put you in charge of the entire healthcare system, which is like 12 or 13% of our GDP? It, it is, makes no sense. As we're seeing with Obamacare, once you get something like that in place, it just becomes so difficult to roll it back yeah. and to correct the issue once you see that it doesn't work like it was supposed to. That's yeah. right. And since Obamacare was implemented, premiums, premiums have doubled. We were told we were going to be, pro I mean, families were supposed to save $2,500 or something like that each, and they're now paying twice as much. I mean, it, they, all of these promises, they get made repeatedly, year after year after year. The programs never work the way they're supposed to work, and then it's, okay, well, we just need more money, and that's always the solution to everything. Again, really easy to be a Democrat. Uh, yeah, and not only just the money, but, I mean, the quality Quality, of care yeah. has gone, you know, it, it would go vastly downhill. It has gone vastly downhill. But uh, Representative Jim McGovern, he is here to tell you nothing is going to change. Everything will stay the same. It's weird because I feel like I feel like I'm having deja vu when I listen <laughs> to him. Watch. People aren't going to lose their health care uh, with Medicare for all. I mean, you would actually get to keep your doctors and, and go to your hospitals uh, uh, that you currently have. Uh, the only difference is you wouldn't have to deal with insurance companies. And uh, I don't know about you, but that's not my favorite thing to do when I get sick. My favorite thing to do is dealing with the government, though. <laughs> yeah, that way better. It's yeah. like it goes by so smooth, right. mm -hmm. even small. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Even on a small scale, mm -hmm. it goes really smoothly and it's very well organized. Um, yeah, the other thing you won't have to deal with is quality health care right. uh, on Medicare for all. You don't have to deal with that at all. You, you might have to deal with... I mean, you might want to deal with it, but you don't get to. But you don't get to because the, you call the government and they don't answer and they don't care about you. Um, but, but yeah, you're talking about going to a system where six-month wait times, people, people die on that type of health care, yep. of socialized medicine. They die waiting to get care. And I feel like that's something we, we don't actually talk about. To your point... We talk about the cost. We talk about everybody will have health care, but we don't actually talk about what type of health care are we going to have. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we're talking about this. We're having this conversation while we can look at study after study that shows, you know, um, I think it was 
Um, people in the UK under the NHS system are four times uh, more likely to die from some sort of procedure that a similar procedure would take place in the United States. Four times more likely to die uh, for just something minor, I guess, minor. Um, but if it's a very, very serious issue that they're getting treatment for, it's seven times more likely to die. But just the seven times. I mean, yes. they, it could be worse. I mean, in Canada, uh, just looking, there's been all sorts of studies. The Fraser Institute puts out a great study where mm -hmm. they look at wait yes. times every yes. single year. I mean, if you need neuros, if you need a brain, like brain surgery or spine surgery from a neurosurgeon, you wait on average 10 months. And there's also, there was medically a, necessary elective surgery, 10 there was, months. There was a doc, she's a family, I forget her name, but she's a family doctor in Canada who is very outspoken about this. And she no. posted uh, a picture on social media of a copy of like a referral letter that she got back. She referred one of her patients to, I believe it was a neurosurgeon. And kid you not, the letter said, um, just letting you know, our wait time is now 4.5 years. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, legit, 4.5 years. Yeah. I was thinking, I hope this person doesn't have a brain tumor or something where they're going to need care right away because they're not going to get it in yeah. Canada. Well, and in Canada, if you if you have money, if you have any money at all and you're in that situation, you go to America. Yeah, you yes. come to America. Yes. That's exactly what I was going to say because – and how much do you want to bet? How much – I would bet my retirement account that the people who would pass this bill would not have to live under this no. bill, right? You pass Medicare for all. You don't have senators and, and these powerful lawmakers – waiting six months to get treatment, right? That's the thing that always makes me the most angry. It's for the people. It's never for the, for the what are they, what's the saying? It's for the socialism, for the, for the people, not for the socialist itself. Yeah. Um, and that's the way Obamacare was. They, they, got, they had their own little carve out because no, they, can't, they can't be involved in, in, in inconvenience in their healthcare. And I, I also want to uh, get into something that you touched on, Justin. Um, I think that it's kind of a first world problem that we have that we say, okay, we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of issues with the current healthcare system, right? I'm again, I'm on board with that. I'm not saying that we don't. However, you know, we look at that and say, well, no, we need to tweak this and make it better. Okay, that screwed things up. Okay, now we need to tweak that and make it better. And I think that our vision is to have some perfect healthcare system, no flaws. Everything runs smoothly, and it's it's a utopia we were, are never going to achieve. Yeah. No one has it. No you one it has a like perfect system. like providing health care to 350 million people is complicated or something. I know. <laughs> it's just the <laughs> debate has been able to be framed about quantity and how yes. many people have health care, and so the Republicans are the ones trying to take it away, and the debate is not about what we're talking about, which is quality mm -hmm. and whether you get the treatment that you need on time, and that's just as important. Right. Um, all right, so I think I'm about to set Jason off here. You are. There is a, a power lifter. Her name is Mary Gregory. And congratulations to Mary because she just smashed multiple women's world records in one day. She, um, she was just crushing it. And minor detail, also she's a dude. So I'm sure you are all shocked to learn that... Uh, God, that's a dude. Uh, that Mary over here is uh, beating females in the sport in which you have to be strong. Jason. Look, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be polite because more polite than you anyway. <laughs> well, that's not hard, Jason. I'm sure Mary. I'm sure she's lovely. She's not my my type, but like I'm sure she's a lovely <laughs> person. Transgender women are not your <laughs> not type. Exactly, but I'm sure she's lovely. I'm sure she's nice. I'm sure she whatever, there. but. I feel like we have gone to a point of insanity that is hard to even rectify at this point. Mm -hmm. You're talking about 
a, a, a biological male with, with the bone structure, with unthinkable uh, um, advantages and mm -hmm. strength in, mm -hmm. in, 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 in muscle structure and just the way his hips are, like all these different advantages. And then to say that that is fair to me, and, and this, is how, this is how insane we've gotten. In 10 years time, if you would have said what I heard uh, this comedian, Adam Conover, say on the Joe Rogan podcast, that men and women are, that men do not have a physical advantage over women in sports. It's more that society has created sports that, that, uh, that advantage the male body. Right, so the male body that is bigger, that is stronger, that can run faster, that can hit harder. Well, Jason, so hold on. It's just that men have, on average, forty percent more upper body strength and thirty percent more lower body strength than women. So it's just the it's just the forty percent. Right, that sounds sexist. But if we would have made sports that <laughs> have nothing to do with strength, nothing to do with speed, nothing to do with power, then sure, there's no differences at all between. What about men and women. ping pong? We'll see. Exactly. See? Wow. See, but why, do, why does it even matter, though? Because we've, we've created all of these sports, even for sports where men have advantages. That's why we have women's mm -hmm. sports, and we have men's sports the same. You have women's basketball, and you have men's basketball, precisely for that reason, right? To create equality in those well, situations. Under Take his away theory, the advantage. Under his theory. We should get rid of all of them. Get, and, le and let's let LeBron play with, with the ping women's pong. league and see what happens. LeBron needs to play ping pong <laughs> against Mary. That's what you're, well, not Mary, somebody else. Yeah. That's we, what you're saying. We've, I'd watch that match. We've already, <laughs> we've already seen uh, in MMA. I mean, we, we toyed around with this transgender thing and a woman got her skull broken. You're talking, because you're talking about a man's fist, his knuckles going into a woman's face. In what universe is that okay? Last I checked, that was domestic abuse. <laughs> the last I checked, <laughs> it was, and, and it's, to me, you're putting women, women's lives in danger. Well, like, we're not just talking about unfair. We're talking, in MMA, you're talking about they could die. I think in Texas, there was a high school wrestler that was, you know, high school wrestling was dealing with the same thing, yes. and there's yes. girls and that shockingly, are just getting, Shockingly, the transgender woman, who is actually a dude, was winning. destroying people. And, <laughs> That's so shocking. Yeah. What the fuck? No way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it, it, you know, it's funny. You look at how far we've gone, how far we've shifted in such a short amount of time. Um, let's, I'm trying to think of when this first, we talked about Boy Scouts, right? And it was like, well, the girls need to join the Boy Scouts. And I feel like we've just kind of, they've upended this movement of, first it was about the females. The, the females needed to be equal to the males. The females should be able to join everything that males should be able to join. Now they've completely detached themselves from females and they're saying, actually, we don't really care as much about you women as we do this new special interest group, um, the you know LGBTQIRS group, and we're going to leave you guys to fend for yourselves and now we're going to latch on to the transgenders. I mean, if I was a feminist, I'd be pissed. Yeah, we're the feminists. I mean, where, why aren't as they? As soon as they speak, they are destroyed. Well, they're yeah. they're yeah. beaten into like, who was the pro golfer who dared yeah. to say it wasn't fair yeah. that men compete with women, and she got completely obliterated by the media, by the left, and then people are afraid to say anything. But if you really believe in the cause, uh, you would speak up anyway, don't you think? Yeah, Justin? yeah, definitely. And, and can you imagine being in the place of the person who comes in second? 
and the, the woman who comes in second to all the. Can you imagine so the frustration pissed. that you would feel? And you've, you've trained in some cases all, maybe all your life for this, and then to lose in that way, and you say to yourself, I mean, come on. How about I, the what woman? Did you how have, about the you woman know? who broke the world record that that Mary broke? Yeah. Three world records she shattered. What about the women who set those records and, yeah. and now essentially they disappear. It's gone. disappear for nothing because a dude can deadlift 300 pounds. I can deadlift 300 pounds. So what? And you wonder, mean do I should they, be competing with you? Do they mark this in the record books? Do they? Does that become something that you put an asterisk by or did you put a note by? I mean, is it the same division? There's all kinds of issues that come up when it's you talk and about And we're not allowed to have an honest conversation. We can't just like have this conversation on the news. It's more like um, men and women are, are not so different, you and I. You know, it's more of a, it's a, it's a, it's a construct that you're, you, I told you you're not as powerful as me, so therefore you, you're not. But if, if we removed all these barriers, we're just the same. Come, I mean, you, that's science. Like, we're, we're, we're losing science, guys. Like, to, we're to the point that we're <laughs> yeah. losing science. And common sense. Bio, biology, like what we learned in grade school, we're losing it, and you're allowed to go on MSNBC now and not be laughed off the set. You're treated as an expert. It's it's mind-boggling. Men and women are different. Men are stronger, and women, and women are smarter. Are. And oh. women are smarter, and, and women are also smarter. And they're meant to say that. okay. Women, all you need, women, is that you keep society running. Without women, <laughs> it's true. Without women, children do not get raised properly. Men would just kill each other. What are you saying all women are good for is bearing children? No, I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying that's the most Next important. Next, you're going to tell me yeah. that I need to go make you a sandwich in the that, kitchen. That's true too. Sandwich maker, absolutely. <laughs> but raising children, having and raising children, is the most important job in the history of the world. And the fact that that's been turned into a diss too yeah. pisses me off. Because guess what? If you don't raise those kids right, and you're not a mom to those kids, then they they grow up to be pieces of. Crabbage. <laughs> and then guess what? Then we have a terrible society that doesn't function well. So to me, I think that's the biggest compliment a woman can get is, hey, you're an awesome mom, mm -hmm. and look at your kid, and look at the adult that he grew into. Boom, look at that. We just set Jason off. Well, we did. I love it. I love it. Uh, all right. Remember, you can tweet us your questions and comments using the hashtag TheBlazeY. Um, we've got a couple today. I think the first one is, uh, if Beto says he's giving his time instead of charity for the benefit of his country, why is it not okay for the top 1% to use the same excuse to keep more of their time and money? Wasn't Steve Jobs' time into Apple a benefit to the country? Time equals money. I love it. I love it. That's true. If it's good for Beto, it's good for the rest of us. I actually didn't want to contribute as much to the government this year. Um, I would rather, you know, use it and, you know, invest my energy and time into doing things like this show. So maybe I just won't pay. I have a lot more time than money, so I like the system. <laughs> All right. And then the next one, um, it's, it's part of Beto's, uh, what is it, climate change crap. <laughs> and who is it? Sabes? Yes, Sabes. Sabes84 said, we asked for substance. We asked for substance, Beto, and this is what you've given us. Beto's four-part framework, okay, so we know it's four parts, starts with a forceful day one agenda because he knows that delay is tantamount to denial. And this goes on to um, kind of, as we were talking before, <laughs> just generalizing, generally saying all of these things cut, he's going pop, to do. Yeah, cut pollution. Cut pollution on day one. Wow. I don't know what they're, are just they like going to get rid of all of our automobiles <laughs> on day one? Are they going to like not let us, uh, you know, grill out anymore? Are they, I honestly personally think there's going to be execution, mass execution cows. <laughs> 
Yeah. I think on day one. If I was a cow, I'd be horrified. Right? <laughs> Cows are horrified. not voting for Beto, yeah. okay? Yeah. Um, and at the same time, on day one, they're going to create jobs. They're going to create. You know, oh government creates jobs. I don't know if you know this. Support communities and strengthen wow. our economy. I'm going to vote for Beto. I'm saying, I mean, this, this sounds amazing. It policy. sounds great, right? It sounds it amazing. Be that it's hard to argue with because there's nothing really there. <laughs> it's just a bunch of words strung together with no specifics whatsoever. But hey, Beto, you. So do you. I, I want to I take a victory lap on Beto because he has fallen off the face oh, no. of the planet. Yeah. And when he when he lost to Ted Cruz, everybody told me, fine, dude, uh, enjoy your Texas Senate seat, but he's going to be president, bro. And I said, no, no he is not. not because he's a goober. And he has no experience. <laughs> he has no successes. And he embarrasses me as a Texan. And two, this is what we're dealing with. Dude, if you need somebody to do messaging, uh -huh. if you want to pay me enough, That's I have a price true. for my for my integrity, but <laughs> I, I can help you out because this ain't it. Cause I also, I, I would like to issue a retraction and a very big apology to the audience. I regretfully used um, the term Beto and I did not call him by his actual name, which is Robert Francis. I'm very sorry. I hope you guys will forgive me. Uh, yesterday's poll with Biden surging in the polls, which 2020 Democrat will be the first to criticize America's favorite creepy uncle? 39% said Bernie Sanders. Interesting, 37% said Kamala Harris. 12% there was a tie with Buttigieg and Robert Francis O'Rourke. That's It's interesting because um, we had this discussion yesterday on the panel and I guessed, I guessed Bernie. I said, I don't know, do you think it will be Bernie? And I believe it was Andrew Heaton who was sitting where you are, Justin. And he said, I don't think it will be Bernie because he really does not, he doesn't sling mud Generally speaking, he always wants to, you know, focus on substance and not really criticize others. But if he sees that he is, you know, he's second only to Biden, maybe he got gets no down choice. that low, right? I mean, that's what they do. You, you got you got to go along with the crowd. What do you think, Jason? I look. I as much as I hate Bernie's policy, he's my favorite Democrat in this race because he's the most honest. I agree. I would say he won't. Yeah. I, I would say he wouldn't do it. I think. Even as a socialist, and we're talking about how dangerous it is, mm -hmm. he's the only one with principles yes. who, who would put that over winning an election. Yeah. Right? So respect to Bernie for that. Hope to God he doesn't win. Good God Almighty. But, <laughs> but respect for him as a, as a politician in, in keeping his word. And actually Sounds like an endorsement. Having principles. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it does sound like an endorsement. <laughs> if we cut the clip, Bernie, like right there, yeah. oh my God. Bernie 2020. Yeah. Jason's losing a lot of friends tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. uh, Twitter. Today's poll, what poses the greatest threat to America's future? I don't, they didn't give me the choices. So I don't know what they are, but you need to go to the Blaze's Twitter. That is at the Blaze and uh, find out what the choices are, and then vote. <laughs> Eric, and then we'll talk Eric about Swalwell's it Swalwell's nukes, that's what I say. Ooh, <laughs> that's a great point. I'm actually really frightened of, uh, of Eric Swalwell. Oh, wait, no, I'm not, because he has like 0% <laughs> in the polls. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for joining us. By the way, again, if you missed it, we will all be on a, uh, a very big event tonight, Socialism, a warning from the dead. It is going to be a live event. It's going to be streamed on Blaze TV for free. It's going to be streamed on YouTube for free. We are putting this content out there for free, not because we're trying to make money, but because it is real. It is devastating. Socialism is happening right now in Venezuela. We can learn from the history. We can learn from what's going on right now so that it doesn't happen to us. Tune in. It is 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Gentlemen, thank you for joining. Thank you. Absolutely. We'll see you later tonight. God, I got like a hundred messages. Never oh, good. Okay, Hollywood. That's never good.
Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.